If you have your Bibles tonight, I need you to turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, and we're also going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 5. We'll also be looking at Numbers 16 and 17, Leviticus 21 and 22. Now, we actually are, but we're not going to go there, but it it all has a, it will tie in. Hebrews chapter 4, we're going to look at number, uh, verse number 14, uh, and tonight we're going to talk about on a very, uh, it's a simplistic title, Jesus, he's more excellent. Jesus, he's more excellent. In our text tonight in Hebrews, we see that uh, the writer of Hebrews reminds us, uh, and uh, we've been doing a, a study in our class on the tabernacle. And in the tabernacle, you see Jesus all in that. You see it uh, in the design of the, of the court. You see it in the Holy of Holies. You see it in the holy place. You see it in the uh, animal sacrifices that were brought. Uh, you see it in the colors of the uh, curtain that separate the holy place from the, uh, the, holy, uh, the holy of holies. And tonight, we're going to see it in the high priest. In Hebrews, uh, we see that Jesus is referred to as our high priest. And we understand that uh, when we look at that, that uh, when you look at the comparison, and that's exactly uh, what Hebrews does, he's uh, giving us a comparison. Uh, When we get to the text, you're going to see that he's comparing Aaron, who was a high priest, with our high priest. And when you put the two together side by side, Jesus is more excellent. Amen. And so I want you uh, to look. We're in verse number 14. And this is what the Bible says. It, say, uh, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. In other words, our high priest came from heaven. And then he goes and it says, and it's Jesus, uh, the Son of God. And let us hold, full, or hold fast our profession. And now we're going to look at three things. We're going to see that Jesus is more excellent because of his selection. We're going to see that more, Jesus is more excellent be, uh, because of his sacrifice. And we're going to see that Jesus is more excellent because of his suffering. As I made mention here, the writer takes us back to the Old Testament and he helps us to understand that the high priest was a shadow just like everything else. As you study the tabernacle, you study the animal sacrifices, you will see all of this is a shadow of the one who is to come. And we see that uh, first of all, he talks about Aaron. And he talks about how Aaron was selected. Do you uh, remember uh, the story goes that Moses is the one that brought Aaron before the people? And uh, uh, Moses said that uh, Aaron is going to be the high priest. And we also see in Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 4, and verse number 1, it talks about that uh, he was ordained and called of God. Okay? He was ordained and called of God. 
So when Moses presents Aaron to the people, it's not like they had some kind of a raffle back there or cast lots. God told Moses, God commanded that Aaron is the man, he's going to be the priest. Now the priest was a very important job. Matter of fact, it was a very prominent job. It was a job that had many privileges because you see, it was the high priest that the only one who could go into the Holy of Holies, it was the high priest who could come into the very presence of a holy God. And so it's a very prominent job. And so it's not like they were saying, okay, let's care. It wasn't that they were going around campaigning, vote for me for high priest. It was ordained of God. But then we see that there were some that were going to challenge that. Just like today, we have folks who want to always challenge authority. That's the reason why we have the problems in the streets that we have. That's the reason why our police officers are always have to be on guard or on alert because no one wants to respect authority. Because, see, we live in a society that says, I want to live my way. Nobody else is going to tell me what to do. And that's the very reason why we have chaos in the street. And that's the reason why we have the problems that we have in our classrooms because no one expects authority. Folks, that's not nothing new. It happened back because when Moses presented Aaron, there were three that stood up and says, we're going to challenge this. We don't think this is a great deal. It was the three people, Korah, then we had that hot hand, and then we also had Abiram. And so they just started to challenge this, and God, he says now, and God didn't say this like it was, but I'm, you know, this is how I think it went down. God says, Well, who are these three? Who do they think they are? I've called this man. I ordained this man. And now they want to challenge what I've done. By the way, every time you're disobedient, that's exactly what you're saying to God. When you don't do what his law tells us, when his word tells us what we're doing, just like these three guys says, hey, we don't think this is the right thing. We think we ought to have a say-so in this. And so what does he do? God uh, and uh, Koran uh, and the ones that follow him, you'll see it in Numbers 16, 17, God just opens up the earth and swallows them up. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but as, as I was out there and I saw this hole open up and these, uh, these uh, guys just being squallowed up, I believe I'd say, you know what? I think I'm going to go with God on this deal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's right. Too late now. But then they came and said, Moses, you're the one that killed them. They weren't satisfied with that. They said, Moses, this is your fault. So Moses, being the diplomat that he was trying to be, he says, okay, I'll tell you how we're going to show this. I'm going to show you that I just didn't come up with this on a whim, that God ordained this. This is a God thing. So here's what I'll do. Every tribe will bring an almond rod. You will have the name of the tribe. We're going to put them all together. And of course, we understand that Aaron came from the uh, Levite tribe. Or, uh, and so his name was on that. They put it together. And Moses said this. Moses said, now, the one that blossoms will indicate who's going to be the high priest. You know how the story falls out. They brought all those. 
And the one that blossomed, not only blossomed, but bore fruit, was the one from the tribe of Levi. So that pretty much settled that there. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty cool ordination service. <laughs> you, got, you got people swallowed up by the earth. Now you have a budding rod that blossoms and is and, and, and producing fruit. But I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus is more excellent because of his selection. May I remind you that his, was, his selection was already ordained before the foundations of the world were established. See, it wasn't something that God just kind of worked up uh, as he got things going. He started creating things. He said, wait a minute, I, got, I better get me a plan together. This plan that Jesus Christ was going to be the one that was going to come and be our sacrifice and to be our high priest, it was settled even before there was a beginning. <laughs> Isn't that pretty cool? And so now we see that uh, Jesus is more excellent because of his selection. May I remind you that Aaron was just a man. He was just a man. But the Lord Jesus was the God-man. Aaron was just a priest. Jesus was a kingly priest. Matter of fact, we see that uh, the significance of that, and if you're in Hebrews chapter 5, I want you to look at verse number 5. And you see number, verse number 5, and of course this is a fulfillment of the prophecy that was said in Psalms 2 verse number 4. It says that the one who to come, the kingly priest if you will, he said, he caught, he caught it, he said, this is my son, right? And so we see here, going back in time, the prophecy was made and the prophecy was fulfilled when Jesus Christ came onto the scene. But look at verse number 6. We also see that it said that he will come from the order of Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek is a type, if you will. He is a shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, we see that Melchizedek, the Bible tells us that he had no beginning and he had no end. And we understand the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the Alpha and he's the Omega. And before there was a before, he was before. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but I get my head gets a little spinning after that. I think, even where there's a before, there was a before. He's always been. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. And then you go to verse number 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So here we see that Jesus is more excellent because of his selection, that he was a kingly priest. Now the significance here, a king could not, as, as powerful as the king was, the king could not perform priestly duties. Why? He's not a priest. But King Uzziah had a different way of thinking. And so he went and he says, I'm a king. I got a little cloud around here. I don't think it hurt if I start performing some priestly duties. Well, God again said, I don't know what you're up to, but you've got to understand, I've already told you a 
king could not be a priest. And he got leprosy. Now, what is the case? Now, if you read through this and, and, and you read the story, you, you might miss the part here. Here's the part. What, what was such a big deal that the king uh, just did a few priestly duties? Could it be that God says before there was a before that there's only going to be one kingly priest and his name is going to be Jesus Christ. My friends, I'll tell you, he's more excellent because of his selection. He was not selected because a group of people got together and voted on him. He was selected before the foundations of the world were established. And we understand today, and that's the reason why we need to be adamant about it, and that's the reason why our convictions should not waver on that, that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. He's the only one. He stands alone. He has no equals. He has no rivals. Jesus Christ is the way. He is the truth and he's the only one that you must go through in order to go to the God the Father. And so we see that he's more excellent because of his selection. But there's a second thing that we see. He's more excellent because of his suffering. I want you to take looking we're in Hebrews chapter 5. But before we get to that, I want, I want to show you something real quick. In and, and, and Hebrews 4, 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now watch this. <laughs> Then when you, when you move on, it, we, we understand he's, he's more excellent because of his suffering. Now, Aaron understood about having frailties. Aaron understood about uh, sin. and uh, He understood about uh, a lot of things because he experienced those things. But I'm telling you that Jesus Christ is the only one that truly does understand what you're going through. Now, when I was taking counseling courses in school, now my counseling is sort of like this. You come into my office... I'll say, what can I help you with today? And you'll say something like, oh, well, I believe I'm a pervert. <laughs> and so I'll say, well, how do you come up with that conclusion? So you started telling me all these perverted things. And I will be very scholarly. I'll take my reading glasses and I'll go, hmm. <laughs> You're right. You are a pervert. <laughs> that, that's how my counseling goes. But... <laughs> But counseling course, and one of the things that has stuck with me is, no matter if you've gone through a similar situation, don't ever tell someone that comes to you in their time of need, don't ever tell them, I understand. Now, you may go through a similar situation, but my dear friend, you can't really understand what they're going through. And we need to understand that only Jesus Christ truly can say, I understand. Because understand, Jesus suffered. Jesus 
suffered. He suffered physically. We all know that he was almost beaten to death uh, right before he went to the cross. We understand that he was inflicted with, uh, with pain. We know that he felt forsaken because even on the cross he cried out, my God, my God, why has that forsaken me? He understands about loneliness. He understands about uh, losing a loved one. He understands because the Bible tells us here in Hebrews that he's been tempted in all things as we have been tempted but one thing that he did that we cannot do he did not sin he has suffered for us and I don't I, I want to get all graphic we're coming on a resurrection Sunday and we understand that when the passion that movie the passion play and how, how vivid that was and how many people couldn't even watch it because of the, of the violence of that but we think about uh, that he did that and the reason why he did that is because he had compassion on us now, there's another thing that I found. Say you're coming and you lose a child. My brother and sister-in-law just went through that not too terribly long ago. And it was a very difficult situation. Still is a difficult situation for them. And I hurt and we cried together and all that. But I have never lost a child. And so even though I was doing the best I can to, to show compassion, I really could cause compassion because I hadn't been there. You, you see where I'm going with this? See, we got to be very careful when someone says, uh, has gone through divorce and, you know, say, well, I don't understand why they can't get over it. It's been three or four years. I'm telling you the reason why is because you haven't been there. Now we can show compassion and here's what we'll do. Uh, death of a loved one or someone who has terminal illness, we'll go and we'll send cards and we'll call on a regular basis and we pray for them. But ever, as the course of time goes on, we get back to our regular routines. Now we're just being honest here tonight. Is that not the truth? We all go back to our regular day. We get caught up in our own lives. But yet, this person is still suffering and this person is still hurting. But I got good news for you. There's one who has suffered all that you have suffered and understands what you have gone through. And he's on call 24-7. Amen. You can call upon him and he will not forsake you. He will not leave you. He said he will stick closer than a brother. Other. And so he's more excellent because of his suffering. But the last thing that we're going to see, he's more excellent because of his sacrifice. Now, in Hebrews chapter 5, and we're in verses 4 and 5, it talks about that he came to offer gifts and sacrifices, talking about the priest here. Now, understand, Aaron was responsible for that. Now, the sacrifices and gifts that Hebrews is talking about is not pertaining to the sacrifices and gifts that were offered up on uh, the holy days or the feast days. It was dealing with the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement was uh, a day uh, every year it would come around the high priest would go in. Matter of fact, he would go in and out three times into the holy uh, holies. He was the only one that could do that. And so he would go and he would offer up, if you will, the sacrifices for the people. But before 
he could offer a sacrifice for the people, he had to offer a sacrifice for himself. Because you did not enter the Holy of Holies without making sure you had everything right with him. Now, this is just a sidebar. This is uh, just a commentary. This is all free of charge. My dear friend, I believe in the modern church, and I'm not talking about the contemporary movement. I'm talking about the church. I believe we've lost sight. When we come to his house, our tabernacle, our holy of holies, that we haven't paid close attention that I needed to do something before I got there. So when I get things right with him, then my worship's going to be right. Amen? Matter of fact, if you don't have private worship, there's no way in the world you're going to have public worship. And so here what we do is that we bring in people like Brother Steve. Brother Steve is our cheerleader. He's going to pump us up for Jesus. And we're going to get the best singers, the best instrumentalists, and we do have the best. And it's almost like we're saying... Okay, see how you can rock my world today. My dear friend, you shouldn't have anybody up here that try to pump you up. You ought to be pumped up before you get in here because you've come to understand I'm coming in the presence of a holy God and I better make sure I got things right with him. And so here he says that he comes and he offered gifts and sacrifices. Now, what about the sacrifices? Well, Aaron offered up the sacrifice. Now, on the Day of Atonement, he would bring the, uh, the, uh, the sin offering, which was to atone for the sins of the people. But he had to do it the next year. He had to do it the following year. He had to keep on doing it. Had to keep on doing it. See, Jesus is more excellent because his sacrifice, he did it one time. <laughs> that means the sacrifice wasn't for him. Because he was sinless, the sacrifice was for us. And when he did it one time, that helps us to understand when we receive him as our Lord and Savior, and we confess our sins and we call upon his wonderful name, that our salvation is a one-time deal. We don't have to keep on going back. Matter of fact, if you have someone that tells you that you can lose your salvation, they are mocking our Lord Jesus. Because if that's the case, then Jesus has got to get back up on that cross. And the last time I checked, that cross has nobody on it. I don't care what the Catholics say. I don't care if they keep having Jesus. I just I had a conversation back back. back. Uh, it was a uh, it was, he was a Hispanic guy, and he uh, was making crosses out of wood. I mean, beautiful, beautiful crosses. And so I was sitting there, and he comes to me, and smiling. He shows me, and it was a crucifix. And I and I uh, before I uh, talked to him, I said, "Hey, let me tell you a little uh, little joke here." And so I told him the joke about. Uh, the, uh, the two preachers. One was a black preacher and one was a white preacher. Every time they got together, they argued about the color of God. Black preacher says, brother, he's black, he's black. White the preacher says, he's white. Every time they got together, they're still good friends, but they always argue. One day they're driving down the road, they get in the same conversation. And it, now they're really into their conversation, wouldn't pay attention, cross the double, double yellow line, 18-wheeler runs over them, kills them, Four o'clock dead. On the way to heaven, they're arguing. 
you're fixing to see, brother. No, you're fixing to see. They get up to the gates. I'm fixing to tell you, brother, he's black. No, he's white. The gates open up, kind of a rumble goes out, and a big booming voice says, Buenos dias, mi amigos. <laughs> so I'm telling this, bro. He's in the floor. He's in the floor laughing. He says, oh, senor. <laughs> and I said, hey, so I got, I got up and, you know, he's still grinning. I said, tell that to your buddies, you know. He said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and so, but I then, that gave me a chance. I said, brother, you do beautiful work, but there's one thing. And he says, what's that? He said, Jesus ain't on the cross anymore. He said, look, he looked at me and he goes, oh. <laughs> hey, Jesus is not on the cross. He won't get back on the cross because what he did on Calvary was a one-time deal. Amen. And so here, that's a good place to clap. That's a good place to clap. And so we see here that uh, the, the sacrifice that was given by Aaron was external from him. See, he would take a bullock or, 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 or a, a goat or whatever the case may be there. Also, we understand, and we talked about uh, this, about the, the red heifer and all, uh, that, he would, uh, that he would do that, uh, and, and it was uh, external from him. But the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, it was just him. Amen. Isn't that good? He, he says, I don't need for me to make a sacrifice for myself. He says, my sacrifice is for you. Aaron, the sacrifice that he presented was for the nation of Israel. The sacrifice that our high priest gave was for all of us. Isn't that good? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I'm telling you oh, that sometimes we lose sight of what our salvation is about. Sometimes we get so complacent with it. Sometimes we walk around like the rabbis do today thinking that they're the chosen ones and they're a little more superior, a little more righteous, and they'll walk around with their nose stuck up in the air and they have their stove hats or raccoon hats or whatever kind of hats they have on, and they'll walk around and they won't make eye contact with you. Why? Because I'm a little more spiritual than you. And we'll say, I can't believe somebody would do something like that. I'm telling you, we have it in the Baptist churches as well. Amen. And the reason why we have it and the reason why we can get in that condition, we forgot where we came from. My daddy used to tell me that all the time. Every time I go out the house, he says, boy, don't you, don't you forget where you come from. Hey, here's the problem with us many times is that we forget what it took for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to sacrifice so that we could go free. Now, in Romans 12, we're, going, we're, we're closing in. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he says to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, he's not talking about salvation. He's talking about service. 
Because you see, the sacrifice has already been given. Here's, and by the way, when you go back in the Old Testament and all that, those sacrifices that the high priests were offering up were dead. In Romans chapter 12, it says that we are a living sacrifice. And the only reason why we can be a living sacrifice is because Jesus Christ became a dead sacrifice so that he would die for our sins so that we could go free. See, he died so we could live. Amen. We got the best. And sometimes we forget about that. But here in Romans 12, it says, present yourselves as a living sacrifice. And he goes on and he he says the reason why is because we are to serve him. That's our purpose. Service. Service. And we've gotten so sophisticated in our churches that we're now having to beg, plead. There's churches that I know that are paying people to watch the babies and do other things that is intended for us as believers to be doing. He says, well, you don't understand. I'll work real hard for the, uh, you know, man, I'm, uh, you know, jobs really got me down. I understand all that. And I'm not fussing at anybody. What I'm saying is the reason why we think that is because we forgot where we come from. Amen. Jesus suffered and died and presented himself a sacrifice so that we wouldn't have to sacrifice ourselves. Hmm. As I was thinking about all this, I, I, I just see the picture in my mind as the high priest would go and he takes the blood and he sprinkles it and I, I, I see all that and I'm thinking, all of that's a shadow. It's all a shadow of the real thing that's coming. One of the discussions I've been having is, is that uh, in Leviticus 16, it talks about that without, a that without a blood sacrifice, there's no atonement for the soul. So, you ask someone of the Jewish faith, how do you atone for your sins? And they'll tell you that since God allowed for the temple to be destroyed and since the priesthood is no longer in existence and because the animal sacrifice has been canceled out, that He's going to make it up to us in the end. You say, well, that, 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 that. hey, listen, it's not just Jewish folks that think like that. Some think because of my church membership. Some think because I've done good things. Some think because I read the Bible through. All those are well and good. But my dear friend, the only way that our sins can be atoned for is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And that's not the reason why the animal sacrifices have gone away. That's the reason why the temple was not destroyed. The reason is because when Jesus Christ came into the sin, He canceled all that out because He's more excellent. Isn't that good? We serve a more excellent high priest. And all he wants from us is for us to serve and to show our gratitude 
for what He's done for us. The Bible says that when you come into the, the Holy of Holies, the throne room, if you will, you will find grace and you'll find mercy. May I remind you, no matter how far you've gone, no matter how wretched your past has been, the Lord Jesus Christ, because of His sacrifice, see, Aaron's sacrifice only covered sin. (laughs) The sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ puts it away. Amen. I, I just can't get over the fact that all that I've done, all the sins I committed, that when I cried out to the Lord Jesus Christ and repented of my sins and I allowed the shed blood of Jesus Christ and came to understand if it wasn't for the blood, there'd be no remission of sin. Uh, what he did for me, I cannot thank him enough. I can't shout hard enough. I can't dance long enough. I can't do all these things to express my love. And you know what? All that's well and good in its proper place. But I don't think that's what he's really looking for. What he's really looking looking for is how are they serving? How are they ministering to one another? And those in, in Hebrews 5 it talks about the ones who have gone out of the way the ones who have wandered away what are we doing to get them back? See that's, that's, what, that's a true test of our love is how we minister. Amen. He's more excellent because of his selection. He's more inner He's, he's more excellent because of his suffering and he's more excellent because of his sacrifice. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. 